Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Game Dev London podcast. My name is Adam and I am your host today. Uh, joining me today on this extremely windy, and I hope you're staying safe, kind of day <laughs> is uh, my uh, friend and co-founder and co-host, Stuart DeVille. How are you doing, Stu? I'm good. It is really crazy out there, isn't it? Oh my god! Like I'm not too bad because I'm I, I so I live up in in Yorkshire, as we know, game of London. Not just people from London. Um, and up here, I'm sort of getting away with it a little bit. It's not too bad. I mean, I look outside and uh, it's very it's very wet, but it's not too not too windy. But I have got friends all over the country who have had trains cancelled, journeys cancelled, events put off. Like I think I think it's getting it's getting worrisome. I think is the way to put it. We'll have to see how it goes down for the rest of the day yeah but yeah speaking of uh making it a mission to go from place to place <laughs> you see what I did there? Uh, today, <laughs> today i wanted to have a chat we'll have a little chat about uh quests and missions in games um specifically you know I, i'm working on, on some games at my end at the minute quest missions are coming up all the time you know the design of them what's involved what's you know what happens um and it just got me thinking about how there are so many different approaches, how it's like fundamental to a lot of games, kind of how you, how you approach that. So I just wanted to sort of dive into that kind of subject and, and have a chat about it. Um, I want to start off and, and we'll, we'll get uh, what we agree on kind of thing. What for you, what is a quest or, or a mission? What, what, how would you define it? Yeah, it's good. It's a good point. What actually is a quest? So... I, I guess you could kind of call it like the um, the players' tasks or the players' goals, and obviously you've got like the main tasks, and then we'll probably get deeper into like sub quests and side quests later. But um, it's basically what is the aim of the game, right? It's like what is your the the thing you have to do, and in I, I think when we're talking about quests and missions you're kind of talking about a specific type of game really you're kind of talking about those um action adventure rpg kind of style maybe you say yeah you say that i mean it is it, difficult because one of the things you picked up immediately there which i hadn't actually thought of so straight in um was the the fact that it is is kind of what you're doing for the whole kind of game could be defined as a quest mm. mission and so yeah. straight off the bat you kind of have this separation between sort of hard hard like hard defined um quest missions you know the stuff you get in logs the stuff you have to activate but also just kind of like your general purpose you know the quest and missions could also be the fact that the game allows you to explore whatever it might be or go and do so there are there are games out there which definitely don't give you quests or missions they don't define what they are but they're certainly there like um so one of my favorite games and and i won't no spoilers for this uh outer wilds uh doesn't actually give you quests or missions there are no mission markers there are no logs there's no there's no saying this is your quest uh the most it gets to it kind of gives you uh for locations that you visited and explored it tells you if you've seen everything or if there's more to do um mm. but you are completely under your own steam now it's interesting to kind of wonder do we defo- are we talking today about specifically ones where somebody has you know crafted it designed it made it as such or are we just talking about the sense a sense of purpose in any kind of game yeah i think we're, we're probably going to be talking more about the specifically crafted design thing right like where um an npc delivers you like this is the thing you must go do young master or, or whatever the thing is um or, or not even like that cliched like obviously there are other ways of receiving tasks and missions like in a space game um 
you're just told that there's someone lost out there and you have to go rescue them or whatever. Um, so yeah, pro- we're probably going to lean more into that. I would have, I would have thought than into the deep, deep sense of like, what even is a quest? <laughs> <laughs> a quest. <laughs> we end up doing that a lot on this podcast. Where we're just like, what, what, yeah. what actually what, what, is it? How do we? <laughs> What is life? What is a game? <laughs> is, is this all a game? Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think some of those, like, especially like um, this kind of Outer Worldsy, or ones where <clears throat> the point of the game is kind of defined early on, but, you know, every quest or mission that you do kind of builds to that as you're playing through. Um, you know, I think we'll cover, I think Outer Worlds is a special case where the entire game is only in service to the purpose that you were defined at the start, which is that things are happening and you need to, and you go and explore why. Um, but take even something like, like you said, like an action RPG, take something like uh, uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, especially the mm. first one just coming to mind, where yeah. your purpose is defined very early on. You know, you your goal is to is to retrieve this object from this this character. But to do it, you have to build your, build your character up over a series of multiple quests and that kind of thing. Um, and I do think it's interesting to say and think about it with those kind of general, those all per- all all consuming general purpose ones, but yeah, I think we'll we'll, we'll dive specifically into um, more kind of designed and delivered quests. Um, and for me, just going back to that kind of definitions point, I think a quest kind of is uh, it's it's similar to trying to define a game, but I think a quest kind of has there is a clear start point, um, something that defines you weren't on this quest and now you are. Normally, it's mm. it's you know you you have to activate it, you have to be given the quest. There's normally either a cutscene or you have to visit a certain location or you're given some text. There is at least one goal or multiple goals depending on the level of the quest, and there is a clear endpoint after which the quest is no longer active. You have completed whatever the categories are for it. What actually could be within that quest or that mission is. is massively variable you know it could be as simple as collect these 10 gold coins or it could be as complicated as you know take down the opposing state by infiltrating their defenses and da, 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 right um and i think where it gets interesting is starting to think about the fact that we can say quest and missions and mean the entire gambit of kind of uh I mean, games. To be honest, you know, if you 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 could say that a level in uh, Hitman is a mission, and mm. you know, a single a single um, moon is a mission in or it's a quest in Mario Galaxy, and you're talking you're talking about the difference of of board borderline days in terms of time to complete them. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no. So yeah, I mean, so in terms of, in terms of quests, is there any kind of thing that sticks out to you that you're like sig- significant quests that you could think of in terms in terms of games that kind of do something interesting with quest submissions? Um, that's a good question. I think uh, the kind of like Hitman. Uh, what was the? I can't remember the name of it, which is going to fucking hurt me. <laughs> the Tom Cl- Tom Clancy's The Division. Or it was like one of the really early on first ones where you were like a hitman and you had to. Uh... Oh, Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell. Yeah, yeah yes, yeah. that uh, I always found to be like the the tasks and the. Do we call them quests? Yeah, they're kind of quests, aren't they? Quests, um, missions, tasks—they're all. They're all. I I, yeah. I don't think we need to split between. I think they're all bunch of bunchness here. Yeah. So, um, because they in 
in those, those were really well designed because you had like um, <laughs> your top level goal of this is the person you have to go kill. And then there are levels of skill as to how well you manage it. Like, do you completely like 100% stealth the entire way through, not letting anyone know that you got there and kill him? Or do you like have to kill a couple of people along the way because you need to, you, there's no other way past them. Uh, there's, although with these, with, with that game, it, there was always the stealthiest way possible. That, that was always achievable. But um, you'd, you'd sometimes be like, oh, I just can't, I'm just going to kill this guy get him out of the way and I'll stealth the rest of it so I, I think those for me were like some of the best most interesting uh, quests because there was there wasn't just like here's your here's the here's the end result yeah and I think without diving too much into design because we'll talk about that in a bit I think in particular mm. there what you've kind of um, brought out is um, that when you have quest submissions some of the best ones just basically just say, "Here's your goal. Here's the t- and either here's the tools, or you already have the tools at that point, and then you just have to kind of go and do it." Um, and you know that's how the Hitman games work. It, to be fair, it's how a lot of get you know games like Metal Gear Solid. They're kind of like you start here, you get to over there. There's stuff in your way. Um, are generally very much enjoyed because obviously it gives the player a lot of, of freedom to basically attack the game as they want especially those games that also are capable of either rewarding alternative action um so obviously hitman um the, you know you can find really cool and interesting things by being uh exploratory or being alternative or going against the ex- expectation you can find really interesting paths um but obviously they can then create a lot of complexities in terms of design. I think the ones that stick out for me in particular are the, the interesting ones that, that range of one, there's the fact that you could, some of the games considered the best games of all time have very clearly defined missions and quests. You know, Half-Life 2, for example, it's not, mm. there's no real, there's no real deviation to what you're meant to do. You know, two people who play it are going to have a very similar experience, but yeah, it's kind of more, artistically crafted to be a very particular experience that you take away and go with you and that's kind of Valve's whole kind of remit and that's where it gets really interesting when you talk about RPGs and stuff is that a lot of these kind of especially the big games have some variations up to a point so an example of this being kind of you know Mass Effect you know there's some changes depending on how you played the game and all this kind of thing yeah but the quest is still very carefully designed so that a lot of people have quite a similar experience but it still lasts with you and actually that's completely in contrast to your hitmans your your um uh any kind of game that has that kind of freedom uh, minecraft probably another good example where you have you have things to do but how you approach those challenges is entirely up to you how you set yourself up how you you know attack it which angle you do yeah okay there's things that you've got to do theoretically but how you do them is entirely up to you um and i think it's really interesting i don't think there's a way to define what people prefer because i think it's very open and loose but i think there are there are definitely things that stick out as better or worse you know what i mean there's definitely things that i expect from certain types of games that's true like if if it's like uh if if i know for example that there's going to be well you might not know there's gonna be a great story but like if there's a great story to be told within a game then a well-crafted set of tasks and missions will will be the vehicle that delivers that. So, um, 
so that you so that you can kind of get the story by like you you had to go do this task and by doing that task you've learned a thing maybe you spoke to a person they've delivered you some more information and then that triggers the next task and that delivers the next piece of story and then there are games um because even splinter cell it kind of had a story <laughs> there was like the guys that you had to kill there was a thing about them there was a reason why you had to like they were bad in some way uh kingpins or whatever um but that was as much story as you were given mm -hmm. and then the rest was like yeah how the, the tasks were more based on you using mechanics in a fun way like discovering that you can scale the building from the outside go all the way around and in through a window um that kind of uh exploratory thing so yeah i think that a well the the, the design of it depends on how much story there is to be delivered and you make an interesting point there about especially when it comes to approaching missions the difference between uh clarity being really obvious about what needs to be done in the mission you know the kind of thing when you walk to a room and there's there's a, a chandelier and a, there's a rope and the rope is glowing and there's an arrow pointing at it and every and you know people keep going hmm that rope is really interesting where it's you will succeed but you won't feel the same satisfaction because as as you know figuring that out for yourself yeah. um but on the other hand it can, it's really easy especially for something like hitman and i've found this in the past to become some of the routes there are so many routes that you could take that some of them become extremely obtuse and like you know, you'll play it and you'll think you did really well. And then someone says, oh, did you use the secret banana? And you'll be like, what's the, <laughs> what secret banana? And they're like, you go down here and under here, wait 10 seconds. And this guy comes in and you're there going, what are you on about? One of the examples of that was um, uh, uh, PT, the playable trailer for uh, uh, the, the Never Made Silent Hill game. I played that. No, I watched that last year because I couldn't find anywhere to play um, as part of some research. And I've watched 30 minutes, 45 minutes of someone playing it. And it was yeah. fantastic up to about the point where the person, there was no way to progress. Because most of the progression goes through, you go through and you go through and you go through and you go through. Yeah. Um, and eventually you can come to the sort of end piece and it sort of showcases the, the game that it's for. But there are all these like secrets and stuff that I looked up later and they are the most obtuse things you've ever seen. And it is literally like, Go over here, then stand there for 10 seconds, then spin around, then go over there. And then, go. and it's literally the only way anyone's figured this out is by trial and error. And you're going, yeah. that's not, you know, I'm sure for the person who figured it out, that's satisfying. You know, oh, I figured it out by doing da 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 But it's not really satisfying for the general player because they don't really know what they were doing. And for me, something like Hitman loses some of its shine. Some of the earlier ones, I've not played the new one. Mm. Because sometimes the most intelligent or interesting routes are made so obtuse that it's hard to find and this is the difference between something like that and say um dishonored which still has a lot of, of uh, obscurity don't get me wrong but it's more there are less options there are more there's still stealth and non-stealth and there's you know you can still, and you there's still the the, di the the dynamism to allow you to do cool and interesting things and you know change a guard's route and pass and do cool stuff and succeed in a way that makes it good for you but not to the extent that someone turns around and says, "Oh, but did you use the secret banana?" Yeah, <laughs> I think um, I'm now going to add a secret banana to my game. I've decided. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I think every game should have secret banana. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, def I'm definitely going to put that in the game. <laughs> 
in years to come, people will be like, did you know they made an entire series of games where there were secret bananas? <laughs> uh, I think um, X-Men Wolverine uh, is another... <coughs> There was another one where like there were stealthy ways to kill people, but you also had your like Wolverine radar, so it kind of allowed you to. There, there was some element of discovery, in in terms of like how you could complete the, the the thing. But I think because you had this Wolverine sense, it was always kind of gently guiding you. Mm. Um, I think that was a good way of doing it. Yeah, I think there. Were, I think people have lots of tips and tricks to kind of. Allow for that, like 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 with Dishonored, you get like sense, like similar to that. You can you know occasionally you can use a skill to see through walls and see where people are, or um, uh, what else am I thinking of? Something like um, I mean, there are lots of tips and tricks that people use in different ways. Radar is always a good one. Scanning the ability to see certain objects, or skill trees, kind of gives giving hints to things that you might be able to do. You know, mm-hmm. um, access to level two rooms or something. You go, oh, well, there'll be a level two room then. Um, yeah. So moving on from that kind of the, the kind of theoretical stuff, are there any quests that stick out to you? Is it your kind of your favorite quests that stick with you, and and reasons why they kind of stuck with you all this time? Mm. Favorite quest? That's like asking me which of my two children is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you can have okay. You can have multiple favorite quests. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I was a big fan of um, Mario sixty four. Um, and, uh, like that, that final get to Bowser, um, (laughs) slog, uh, that, that was always one of my favorite, like, assuming that we're, we're going with that as like a quest last mission. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it absolutely is a mission. Um, yeah, I think that's. It's the one that sticks in my mind the most, I think, just because maybe it's one of those things, though, like where, you know, when you're young and it takes up like a month of your life. Yeah. <laughs> and and so when you do complete it, it just feels so massive. And you're like, ah, I, I beat Bowser and the game ends. And you're like, oh, what am I going to do with my life now? <laughs> I, I've peaked so young. <laughs> I mean, I think that's. I think you've highlighted the thing there that's really important is that they they something about them normally sticks with you. There's something about it that you know. In that case, it's the the winning, the overcoming, and the success of the game. The game has set you up to that point, stays mm. with you because you're like, oh, okay, and that's it, right? Like for me, one of the ones I was just thinking of just then was um, in Titanfall Two is a, is a game full of fantastic missions, but the one that sticks out for me, and obviously, and it sticks out for a lot of people. Is there's a mission called um, Affecting Cause, where up until that point, it's been Titanfall 2 is, is, is a great game regardless. It's got some really interesting narrative and all this kind of stuff, but it's been quite not so similar, but it, it, it uses a lot of things that other first person shooters do. It has its own mechanics and movement and all this kind of thing. But then in this particular mission, you, uh, and I'm, this one I'm never going to spoil because there's no way around it, uh, you find a device which basically allows you to flip uh back in time and in the present day um so in the present day there are you're you're in a sort of a dilapidated research lab uh, and in the past the bit that you can jump to is when it's kind of becoming dilapidated it's, there's been a big emergency everything's on fire and da, 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 da. but 
what that allows you to do and what they do in the, in the level is allow you to, as you are playing this very much momentum-based game, you know, your wall running in this, is flip between these two to navigate through the map. So there might be a yeah. bit where you come across like a fallen wall and it's blocking your your you wall running along and then you there's a there's a you know a, a wall that's crashing in front of you and while you're running you flip back in time and it's not there it, or it's it's about to fall it's above you and stuff so you can get past it and stuff and just adding that little mechanic of thinking about okay well this is the current state and what's that state over there and the bounce and so along with the story and the narrative and everything it's doing to you is super interesting and it sticks yeah. with me as like oh that was that was really cool and to the extent of which obviously Titanfall 2 came out Ooh, five years ago, six years ago. I'm not 100 sure off the top of my head. Um, but they've just on the so Titanfall Two had a whole thing where they just had a uh, uh, someone just made their own server called Northstar, uh, and they've somebody has made a map which uses that mechanic in an online FPS where it's a multiplayer game where you have the same device, and so you can switch. And it's not it doesn't switch to backwards and forwards in time. The map is entirely symmetrical. So it just puts you in the same place on the other side, but it look it, it has a, the same effect of looking almost like you like that because it looks very similar, and it's just. Yeah. It, but the legacy of that mission is still very much alive today, where it's people remember it fondly, and now it, it spawns new ideas and new creativity. Yeah, like I say, it's it's hard, right, to find <laughs> a, a to find a favorite, and and b to find someone who has paid that much attention into crafting something with that much detail i think for sure the best ones are the ones that, that, that stick with you um that stick out as like there was something interesting or good or novel about or, or even challenging about that particular level or quest or mission or whatever it might be um another one that kind of uh comes to mind obviously skyrim is, is, is completely full of um these kind of missions you know it, it's got a lot of very just sort of standardized missions but then it has every now and then it will throw something really interesting at you like um the missions when you end up in in their equivalent kind of heaven or or, or in the soul realm and you have to kind of figure yourself out or when you enter there's this one city up to that point there's loads of cities that you enter and they're all very standard you know you just walk in maybe someone says hi and da, da, da. And there's this one city that you enter and everything is kind of chaos and you're being blamed and you've got to kind of figure it out and, and, and it's running and going from you're just expecting this kind of a normal a, no, a normal day as an adventurer to absolute chaos and figuring it out and navigating what's going on is just really it's just really interesting um but going the other way about it obviously it's very easy as well to mess up for one of a better word quests or, or do things that players really don't enjoy you got any that stick out as your least favorite missions or quests mm. we're gonna have to go quite a ways back for this one um <laughs> it it was um uh teenage mutant ninja turtles <coughs> okay yeah yeah um on the nez um and if anyone who's played that will know <laughs> Uh, so and the the thing is there there was this one um it's it's obviously most i say obviously mostly in the sewers this particular level was in this was in the sewers and you you have to uh i can't remember if it was double jump or that there's basically from this platform to this platform the gap is just a bit too big and you have right. to 
there's like a really funky way of like getting to it um and this, i used to play this around my friends house so like we were bashing our head against this one level for just weeks and weeks and weeks uh to the point where like we'd even and the thing is for us is um <clears throat> if i'm remembering correctly and i might not be uh there was no other route around it so mm -hmm. it's literally like very linear like level 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 um and we ended up stopping playing and giving up on on the game entirely just because this this ledge we just no matter how you jumped like we tried like a billion different ways and it, there's probably something so that for the designers of the game was so obvious mm. um but for us we were just like i don't there's no yeah it was quitting time i think it's that i think anything that anything that breaks the pre-agreed kind of rules that you're like this should just be doable or acceptable it can mm. very easily put people off the game um the one that always sticks out to me uh, i'm gonna do two but the one that always sticks out to me on, on along those lines is in fallout 3 which i very much enjoy the game anyway there's a, a town called uh megaton and or megaton depending on your perspective and yeah. the point is there's a, there's a nuclear bomb in the middle of it um and there's this two, this divergent quest line where you can basically choose to deactivate the bomb or set it to explode uh, and then blow up the town. And I remember kind of pushing both quest lines and kind of feeling it out and trying to decide what I wanted to do, see if I could get paid for both sides, all this kind of thing. Hmm. And it got to this point where I activated or, or like initialized or something the nuclear bomb in the town. And I and then at that point I went and spoke to the guy and he was like, okay, well now you've done that, go to this place miles and miles away and blow up. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that was, that's what was going to happen. I thought, you know, it's part of the initialization or just you, you I'm fixing it or you need the nuclear power for it or something, right? And mm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to blow it up. But it immediately killed the other quest line. And now there was, I was nothing I could do at that point. The game would only allow me to then blow it up. And for a game that had up to that point really sold itself on the freedom of choice, the ability to change your mind, the ability to do whatever you want kind of thing to suddenly be locked in to a decision that hadn't been made yet really sat poorly with me. And I was like, but that's not, you know, because if, if it's a linear quest system, the game says this is what you're doing, that's fine. Then you're okay with it. But it's if, if the game promises you a level of freedom and choice and decision-making that then doesn't deliver on, that's the problem. You know, the, if, yeah. if you've not gone across it before, the, the, the rule of thumb should always be under promise over deliver if you tell yes. people that you're not going to give them as much as you are and give them more they're always happy right and think about the way to think about it is if you told somebody that you would be home at uh six and then get in at quarter past they'll be annoyed but if you tell them that you're going to get in at seven and get in at half past six they'll be like oh hello are you doing all right yeah yeah, yeah. etc etc <laughs> and that's a huge part because the same thing happens in one of the other missions which are, which is not fun and is famously not fun. Everybody talks about it, which is which is the the train mission in San Andreas, mm -hmm. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, because the reason everybody hates it is because it changes the rules. Because all you have to do is is all you have to do is follow the damn train, CJ. All you have to do is follow this train and shoot the bad guys on top of the train. That's it. Yeah. 
but the way that the game changes the dynamic to make that a better well in their heads a better mission or a longer mission or whatever is that these bad guys have more health than regular bad guys that you find in the game so you shoot them three or four times and they just carry on you have to shoot them like 20 30 times before they actually even die and by that point the train's moved on and you have to chase it up again and all this kind of stuff and there are ways of cheating it by by like jumping onto the train um and then lining yourself up and basically just holding the shoot button but again it feels like the promise has been broken you know these are standard enemies this is what they do here is how they perform the moment you change those rules for the sake of oh this mission is good fun or oh this would be better you break that kind of social contract that you've made with the player to say this game is quote unquote real and it has real rules that we as designers will follow and that discrepancy really throw can really throw off players it's so weird that like that's the choice they made when you could have just had more bad guys appear yep had more bad guys appear, or there was some inside the train where if you got to a certain point, they got out and then climbed on top. There are lots of alternative ways of designing that, which would have kept that kind of deal that they made with the players with the enemies in the past. Or just use an entirely new type of enemy, you know, ones with big body armour or something, or they were behind a kind of a a shield. There's loads of ways they could have done it. But... Yeah, they just went, pump up the health. You know, they just (laughs) pump up the health. If they just chucked the standard enemies in but change the health and that changed because it wasn't visible because there was no kind of feedback to say to the player this is what's happening yeah really annoyed a lot of people and it famously annoyed a lot of people because that game San Andreas is considered a fantastic game which it is but that mission yeah. sticks out as a sore thumb in that game and maybe that was intentional maybe they did it to, to, to be like you know no uh, all, pre- uh, all press is good press kind of thing but it does stick out poorly for a lot of people yeah, I don't. I don't think these days that all press is good press. <laughs> yeah, that's not nowadays. That's it, true. It, it definitely, it definitely kind of used to be more the case. But now, if, if your game starts getting a bad rap, then especially with social media, right? You, everyone just goes pile on, <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, no one wants to play our games anymore. Yeah, but yeah, very true. Um, I, I, obviously, they they didn't suffer too badly. I think they're doing okay. I know, and yeah, you're all right. Um, <laughs> Another uh, another one I'll point out. Not as a specific um, quest. This is more. This is more talk about quests in general. But famously, mm. people hate escort missions. Oh. Any any oh, mission yeah. or quest yeah. where your goal is either to defend another person. I mean, to be fair, those aren't as bad because at least they're doing something. Or yeah, you is okay. You and another NPC have to walk from A to B having a conversation. And they have a set follow the NPC. They have a set pace that you have to follow, and that pace is slower than either your standard run or your or your standard walk or your regular run. It is the worst. It's the worst, especially thing if you have to ever. wait for them to open doors for you, unlock oh. doors for you, and you you can't even just like run through and trigger the thing because you got to the other side and, and this have is... them rubber banding or you know there's yep. just. And again, yeah. and I, it's because it's it's the the concept behind it is is a sense of exposition, right? It's a sense of put you in this place, this character talks to you at a, at a pace suitable for the game, brings you some story or some elements that kind of thing, and it's a way to allows the next forcefully, stage to load. <laughs> it's a way to allows next stage to load. It's a way to forcefully <laughs> slow down the player. You can only go at the pace set for you by this person. Yeah. 
But the problem that you get with that is that players, A, all have different paces anyway, and B, they may want to do something else. They may want to be, they may not be playing it for that. Or even if they are, they may, you know, there are other ways of delivering the expedition to them. Like, people prefer cutscenes to um, (laughs) escort quests. Yeah, especially as cutscenes tend to be skippable. But like, um, (laughs) also true. I think, I think if you're gonna do this, like, follow the NPC, then there definitely there has to be things that you can be doing on the way. Like maybe there you can be checking opening boxes and things to see if there's loot, so you can like make sure you're you know it's a reloading of your gear stage or something like that. Or like you say, defend defend is always I say defend is always good. Defend is good as long as the NPC isn't being dumb and just being like, why would you stand there? You're going to get mad. <laughs> Standing in the middle of the room. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's and a lot of those. But that's the thing is a lot of those break the. The expedition thing, like if you're, you know, if your person is waxing lyrical about the state of democracy in their town, and you're there opening the chests of the nearby street traders, going, "Oh, I'll have these, thank you very much," kind of <laughs> undermines the message ever so slightly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, and that's the, and that's the problem is that there are ways of designing it that then bring in the sense of, you know, it could be that they're going, "Oh, we've got to get to this place fast," and you go, "Right," so you start running that way, and they run with you, and it's at the same speed, and you have the conversation while running. But it's more, it's less that you are escorting them, and almost that they're they're coming with you, and they'll follow you at your pace and your speed, because then it keeps control in the remit of the player. The problem is when that control is is taken away, and things like you can't go too far away from that person, or if you do, they start being like, "Oh, hey, where are you going? Come back, let's finish the story." And you're like, "Oh God, please, please hurry up." Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, is there any other kind of? Um, Either bad bad quests as a general point of view, or things that make a quest not particularly fun. Uh, I mean, it's always just going to come down to poor design, isn't it? It's like if, if you're a good quest, in contrast, is always, um, well, not always, but like it tends to be uh, the thing, a, a clear goal that makes sense in the context of the game. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go against that is just like <coughs> a bad, a bad quest. You can't, you can't be like uh, your character is um, this dark and like twisted human being, and, and they always make bad decisions. And then go, but here you have to do the right thing because mm-hmm. it's against mm-hmm. your, or, or vice versa. Obviously, you know your character is like all shining light, and then you go, but on this quest you kind of have to just like, and, and I think that that comes down to just may- maybe the design process thought process was just like oh i'd like to add a little bit of a twist you can't you can't just add a twist like that you do need to think about is the way that you painted the character is this realistic is this goal something that that, that character really is going to and then you know is that also something that the player is going to enjoy doing yeah that's very true I think I think a big part of that is, is, is there's there's pacing and design obviously considerations a part of that and making sure you know you, you get the missions at the right time and in the right or, not necessarily the right order but that you know you're not level fifty and you have to go back and pick up a level ten mission where the back when you were a lonely apprentice and now you're grandmaster of the college and they're like oh please put a light over here and you're like why why do I do this now um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah pad design kind of comes into it absolutely and I think. Um, any kind of lack of clarity in, in the goal is definitely part of it. One for me that sticks out in particular is 
a lack it's, it's a lack of dynamic understanding of the context you're in and for what i mean for this is that it kind of links into what you're saying there it's, it's a lack of understanding either for who you are or what you have done so things like um any kind of quest that, that asks you for things that you already have but you have to go and get them again um so for example mm. if you've just let's say i don't know flowers are a, a useful resource and you've just been through the flower field and picked them all up and you go to this quest this quest is like you need to bring me 10 uh bluebells you're like i got 10 here and it's like no 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 you need to bring me 10 you're like no don't make me go and find 10 more i've just cleared out all the areas that do this just it should understand if you've got 10 you've got 10 and that should be the case and there are the thing is you have to as the as the developer or the designer you have to take that into account in the first place the game has to be prepared for that because if you don't you just go well i'll pick up 10 then again it can kind of mess up that kind of social contract where the game is meant to follow certain rules but the same thing happens when you do that kind of long form story thing like say uh you have just done a mission where you had to kill the king's daughter for example to destabilize a place and you were caught doing it and thrown in jail and but you escape and you now you're on the run and the next mission is deliver this this turkey to the king and then the king's like <laughs> oh thanks for bringing this to me what a lovely day and you're just like the hell is going on <laughs> those weird circumstances where you're like this just it, it just all feels wrong because it's not people who are meant to be either human or have emotions or memories and stuff just don't act like it and that really throws people off so you've got to try and be conscious of what it is that you know the person's going to be expected because on the flip side good quests are very good at doing this at being super aware of things you've done in the past going back to that reference to mass effect you know where because you you don't have this person or you didn't pick this person up or you, you've annoyed this person the circumstances changes and it becomes easier or harder or just different because you've done that you know that if you once where i can't think of a game that does this but kind of ones where if you go into a mission wearing the wrong kind of t-shirt or it like clearly advertises someone that they go either someone uh, even if just someone picks up on it and it's like oh hey you're a big fan of this or it goes to the extent of they you know you're not allowed to go into this into the shop because you're wearing the, the clothes of another brand and so you've got to go change and stuff it's all those things that make the world feel more considered and more real and like it follows actual kind of lines of thinking that really draws players into that yeah we i was doing some design for a game not that long ago and um the character the main character um wasn't like a bloodthirsty kind of it, uh, so it was a fantasy game mm -hmm. um and uh they had certain abilities they were quite they were quite powerful uh character um but um emotionally they were very stable and they they weren't likely to just go on a rampage and do anything insane um so but we there was a part where we wanted to take this character through an onslaught of enemies where they would just be like rah, 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 blah. and uh in order to do that we actually put them on a thing where they had to uh, go to a funeral of someone that they really loved and that you know that was the trigger point where they go from being yeah. like the world is all great to like just burn it all down burn yeah. it all to hell and then you threw them into the next bit and that is where so that that for me is is good design right that's where mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you've the task makes complete sense even though the character wouldn't ordinarily do this you've lined it up with 
well, they would if this happened. Yeah. There has to be that kind of... Sorry. There has to be that kind of logical path for somebody to follow. They go, yeah, okay, I could see this happening. Like, um, you know, great peril or great danger or, or great love or whatever it might be that kind of sets up the whole... Um, this is how this would go down. Famously in um, The Witcher 3... Yeah, where there are there are these two two romantic interests where if you try to seduce both of them, eventually comes a point where you're confronted by both of them and both are like, "What are you playing at?" And you'll have to be like, "Ooh, <laughs> didn't 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 expect this, but you did expect this." It's one of those ones where you where you it, it makes the game feel more real because obviously you think you're just playing a game that you can just do whatever the quests are and it's fine, but actually then the game gets wise to your actions and responds to it, um, where. It may not have been noticed if it hadn't happened and you've just been able to and people may have laughed about it, but the fact that it does play by the rules is more interesting and people remember that and go, oh, that, yeah, that was cool when that happened. Compared to, you know, other games where it, you can you form relationships with people, but there's no long-lasting impact on your relationship with somebody and, some, and the impact that has on, on some other place. And so that's where it gets real interesting. Um so moving on a little bit into sort of thinking a little bit more into the designing bits, just like you were talking about, when you are making a game or you're involved in the creation of the game, what things are important to consider when it comes to designing your own kind of mission quest system? How do you make it so that you can easily or generally create quest missions that are going to be interesting without compromising on, say, development time or making it a system that's going to be unusable for anyone? But system that's unusable just in general yeah i think that um there's all there's always a number of ways you can do it but like a staple is um where where is the fun right mm. um uh if i if i give uh my player like some arbitrary tasks yeah they might do them um but are they just gonna be or are, are they more likely to be like what is the point in this why am i doing this you you need to and e even if they are kind of pointless you can still make them fun um you could be like um you need to go retrieve the chicken from the thing to give to the king or whatever but maybe capturing that chicken has some fun mechanics mm. and like may maybe you even have and this is quite a gory take on it but like maybe you lop off his head and therefore it runs around headless for a bit you know and then you're like oh god that was insane but and it, it was a pointless task in reality, but like at least it was fun to do. So I think find the fun is a good, a good marker for it. Um, yeah. And then... I think in terms of generally creating uh, a quest at all, I think so. There's a there's a concept which comes up in in a lot of places, uh, especially in terms of um, neurodiversity, which is it's. it's uh, I-C-N-U the letters and basically what it stands for is that um, in the case of, of uh, neurodivergent people who have ADHD for example they need challenges to or, or situations to, to, to grab their attention they need them to either be interesting challenging, novel or urgent and the measures of those three or four things affects how much somebody engages with that kind of situation and I think from a game perspective that that definitely holds true alongside a difficulty curve, you know, um, which is kind of just, just, just challenging in general. Um, but certainly the sense that if you're going to go into a mission, there has, you know, if it's the same mission 10 times, you just, you just get bored. 
I, you just go, you know, it becomes the the grind, as it were. And I've never been a huge fan of grind for the sake of grind. Um, mm. Famous, uh, well, the one for me was that in the first uh, the uh, game of uh, the the division, the first one, there was a a point where I had completed the main game, I had maxed out my levels, I was in the post game stuff. That there wasn't really that much post-game content and very quickly it became obvious that all they were doing was doing the same thing as the train mission they were just increasing health bars increasing the number of enemies and, da, da, da. and the point that stopped me playing was to get the, the the grind at that point was to get better gear and to get better gear you had to kill the hardest enemies and there was this one enemy who would spawn in at this like uh, at the end of a long road there was like a compound and he would spawn in there uh, and I remember setting setting out with some of my friends. We were outside the compound. We could see in through the door and see this enemy. And he was like this like tank shielded big health energy. And I'd hit him with the best sniper that I had, with all the perks, everything that there in the head for a headshot, and it would do point one percent damage. <laughs> and then he would be triggered and he'd, he'd start marching towards you slowly with some little enemies and you'd have to clear those off right and so you'd probably get 10 headshots in before he got close enough that you'd have to run away because obviously if he hits you you're an instant dead da, da, da. and then he'd go back it would go back to where it was with his you know 1% health gone and you'd do it again and it was such an absolute grind that you'd get, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes in, you've taken off 10, 15% of his health. And you're wow. using the best weapon in the best place, being accurate, doing all the things, you know. For me, it's a sense of, has the player proven that they can do the thing, right? If they've demonstrated that they know what they're doing and all you're doing is, is, is quantity and making them do it again and again and again and again and again, you have yeah. lost the kind of the point of why you were doing it in the first place. Um, and to, uh, but yeah, to just drag us back onto the sort of quest system bit. Um, for me, quest systems really have to take that into account and go, okay, clear start. This is the clear start point, the clear end point, and the middle points have got to be those kind of markers of what needs to be done. Because if the, if it only if a quest system can only allow you to do one thing, which in this case would kill this guy, get this loot, then that's where it becomes really easy to get lost. Whereas it had that mission been like, okay, there's this guy which you take out quite quickly but then an explosion happens and another six men turn up and then you have to go through here and over there that's where it gets more interesting but obviously yeah. then you're talking about content and being able to add all this to the game etc etc and, and it's the, striking that balance between the two which is where the interesting stuff starts to happen between not so much content that you literally couldn't make it unless you had 10 years to sit and request but enough content that players don't feel like missions are becoming samey yeah I think that at that when you're creating a a series of tasks or missions you need to have a look at um what we call the the ux uh graph slash ramp right the user experience ramp uh, which tends to be like as you will know the the emotional points like the highs and the lows mm. uh, and the, the the pace of the game right so you yeah, you, you could have like a series of six tasks where like they're doing more or less the same thing, but um, there are other ways to increase pace. So especially if in the first task you've learned how to shoot enemies, you've learned you've, you've got your weapons all upgraded and stuff, 
um, and you're able to kill enemies um, with a certain level of skill, then just increase the rate at which the enemies come at you and uh, uh, at which they surround you, maybe, so that you're then you're using the same skills, sure, but in a much more intense scenario, so that that and that ramps you up emotionally, um, and then. For for game designers, obviously, we try and make sure that there's highs and lows, so you're not just like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all stress all the and time. It, <laughs> yeah, so you come out with PTSD. Um, yeah, so I think that's another important factor in in uh, quest design. I think you've nailed something there, actually, which I hadn't actually considered, but actually makes a lot more sense. It's that the fundamentals of quests basically remain relatively the same. Across, all, across most games, you know, not always, but across most games, you know, you've got yeah. get from point A to B, pick pick these items up, drop these items off, go speak to this person, um, you know, win a fight, um, or uh, uh, and, and so on and so forth. Um, those fundamentals remain the same. It doesn't matter if it's you know Assassin's Creed and you're trying to take out your uh, target. Or its journey considered one of the world most well crafted in terms of quest and missions. They are still both most both of them have start here, go to there, figure out stuff on the way. Right. Um, it's more about the fundamentals placed in unique or interesting or novel settings because exactly like you said, maybe you've had a fight with a bunch of enemies before, but now this time. They're all gonna, you know, they're gonna be at different heights, or they're gonna come at you from a different way, or they're gonna surround you more aggressively. Or actually, these enemies have got, you know, they've got these shotguns, which means that your short range is no longer as effective. And it's that, even though it's fundamentally the same, fundamentally the same quest, go into a room, beat a bunch of guys. The differences are the thing that make it interesting. And I think if you can design a system around the sense of build up the fundamentals, okay, we need to be able to uh, have it so that players can do a quest that takes them from A to B and then they receive X, or they have to go and talk to this person, or they need to pick up these, to drop off these items, whatever it is. Once you've got those fundamentals down, it becomes about interesting ways of putting them about. And that can get complicated, don't get me wrong, you know, you can't have hours and hours and hours of just unique stuff. Um, but certainly that's where you can get a system that gives you the basics of a lot of quests because a lot of games will always have you know fetch quests or go to point b or whatever it might be um but if you can find if you can also include the ability for unique things to happen along the way then that's the thing that's going to give you the content that will draw players in i quite like uncharted for that um and i think that they did it in a fairly clever way in that I mean, the game was set up for it realistically with the theme, but like you get these moments where you do need to, uh, where you're in combat and you've got to be shooting guys left, right, and center, and it's like kind of fairly hectically paced. Um, and then you'd, um, you'd be on, uh, in a vehicle on in a chase scenario where like you're really heightened, um, and then you end up at your destination, and all of a sudden it's a puzzle task and you have to like unlock the things to. to get everything mm. to turn right and all of that stuff um i really enjoyed the tasks in that because of that pacing and you remind me talk about context and stuff that the, there's in the i can't remember which one it's called the most recent one where it's the, the 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 two who are exploring it's not um the regular uncharted guy nathan it's not nathan it's, it's the other two um 
exploring this area, there's a bit where you come out into a big clearing, like a jungle, uh, like several kilometers across, and you have to climb these three towers and perform these puzzles. Um, mm. But the game allows you to do whatever you want, and you can take those towers down in any order you wish, and the game responds relative to the order that you take them in. So if it's the first tower you meet, you get the there each each puzzle has three forms. Each tower has three forms of the same puzzle: an easy, a medium, and a hard. And if it's the first yeah. tower, you, if it, if it's your first tower, gives you the easy one. If it's your third tower, gives you the hard one. And the cutscenes play out in the correct order, regardless of which tower you. They're just adjusted for the different backgrounds and all this kind of thing. And that allowed yeah. that perfect balance between giving the player. Uh, some novelty and some control allowed them to feel like they were affecting the story and they were in charge whilst delivering on a crafted design that the quest designers and the story designers had built and wanted to deliver in a way that was going to be uh, the best it could be, as it were. And I think that's a really yeah. interesting way of kind of looking at it. It's like how keep it so that you have control of the scenario while allowing your players either some control or just finding, like you said, finding the fun, finding a way to make it interesting for themselves. I, I don't think particularly these days that it's too hard to find games with good quests. I, it definitely has been a case of we've learned <laughs> yeah, from, from the games of the past. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, yeah, I think in t trying to find a hard a, or a, a poor slash bad quest these days, they are fewer and, f and far between. But it, it, but it does mean that they kind of stick out a, like a sore thumb. Yeah. Whereas in the old games, like there was some levels in um, Sonic on the Sega, um, where like, I can't even say they were poorly designed particularly, but like um, the underwater catch your breath bubbly ones, <laughs> they, yeah, okay. those were. Ev Everybody hates them. Yeah. Any any <laughs> yeah. underwater levels just famously just mm -mm, no no thank you. Yeah, Lara Croft, underwater levels. Mm -hmm. um, Mario, anything, yep. Death, 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 death. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, maybe that's just true to life, you know? If you if you do encounter water, be wary, because it, yep. is, it is the one place where things can shift quite quickly. And the moral of this episode is don't make underwater levels. That's, that's our <laughs> summary of, of this particular episode. Well, I, I would still make them, like, uh, as an example... <laughs> Break the rules. I can't, be I, I, <laughs> I can't believe want. that I picked that as a thing when the game I'm working on at the moment has an underwater level and there are bubbly bubblies. But um, but I do think it's crafted really well. Of course. Um, and, you know, you, you have to learn from the mistakes. Of the past. Yeah, yeah, we can. I think mean, the point is that if, you, is that if you're interested in, in, in any type of quest, mm, not all quests, but many types of quests have been done by this point. So go find the games that have done them before and have a look at what they did well and what they did badly. 100% go and look up um, the story of, of, of Journey, the game, and how it was made and how they balance out the missions and the pacing, exactly as, as you referred to, that kind of UX roller coaster of emotions. Um, mm. is really interesting how they kind of explored that and, and crafted carefully crafted the game. So I would 100% recommend going in and, and researching that to find out more about quests. And, you see, smooth transition again, you can find out more about the ga about Game Dev London at the same time. You can go and visit us at gamedev.london. You can come and join us in the community by visiting gamedev.london uh, forward slash join or forward slash discord. Uh, come and join our community, chat about quests and missions, see what other people are working on, find out about Skew's underwater game, tell him not to make it, <laughs> tell him never, ever include underwater. So that's what that's what Adam said. Um, uh, obviously, you can follow us on Twitter as well. You can go find us at, at gamedevlondon. 
Uh, we're also at, at Games of London on Instagram or Facebook on TikTok and everything, everything else and all the other things in between. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely everywhere. And you can find this episode and previous episodes as well um, by visiting GameDev.London forward slash podcast. Uh, all that really uh, leaves me to say is say thank you very much to you for joining me. Uh, if people wanted to find out more about you and the games that you're working on, where could they find you? Uh, at this point in time, um, you can either just find me on Twitter at Stuart Deville, or um, I've been around so long now that you can actually Google Stuart Deville, and you'll be able to find me wherever it is you need to find me. I famously hang out. I say famously hang out. I'm, I'm mostly on LinkedIn. That's that's my home base for it. Yeah, that's a fair one. Anywhere, anywhere, <laughs> anywhere works. Um, and if you're interested in the stuff that I'm up to, you can find me on uh, at Adam B one two three four. Um, but equally, I place to find me will be in the Game Dev London Discord, where I'm hanging out there with other people um, and trying to climb the leaderboards. I will, I will get you jade one day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, all I need to say is say thank you for joining us for this episode, and we'll see you same time next week for another episode of the Game Dev London podcast. Bye. Bye bye.